0: Dog day
1: how did we do did we nail it i think so beautiful <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the samuel and manuel movie podcast i am one of your hosts sam reimer and i'm manny Manuel. take a guess what we're talking about today look at the date look at the title of the episode listen to that uh that sadly ridiculously <laughs> planned out intro <laughs> And uh, you will find out we are talking about the 1993 comedy classic, romantic comedy classic, Groundhog Day, starring Bill Murray. Uh, Manny, we've never really found an excuse to talk about this one in depth before. We have actually talked about it one time specifically. I was listening back to episode 44 today. Whoa! That that is almost 100 episodes ago. Uh, And uh, that was our top five romantic comedies of all time. I listed this as my number three. And Ulysses, uh, this is your number two. So we we did talk a little bit about Groundhog Day in that one. Uh, we'll we'll see if it holds up to the hype. Uh, are you feeling excited about talking this one? Super excited. I fucking love this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, awesome. Let's get into it. Manny, uh, where can people find us on social media if they wish?
0: They can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Sam underscore Manny underscore movie. They can email us at SamMannyMoviePodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook at the Samuel Emanuel Movie Podcast. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating and a positive review. It does increase our profile. Let's get to it. Sam, the movie, Groundhog Day. Released February 12th, 1993. Directed by Harold Ramis. Written by Danny Rubin and Harold Ramis. Starring Bill Murray, Andy McDowell, and Chris Elliott. Has a meta score of 72. Uh, Didn't get any Oscar nominations, so it obviously didn't win any Oscars. It had a $14 million budget, and it grossed $70 million. The plot? A weatherman finds himself inexplicably living the same day over and over again. Sam, spoiler-free thoughts on this lovely film called Groundhog Day.
1: Awesome. So uh, this is one that I used to catch bits and pieces of it on Groundhog Day every year. I feel like this movie is always on TV on like every channel every Groundhog Day. Uh, You almost feel like you're living in Groundhog Day a little bit with how much it's on TV on Groundhog Day. (laughs) That phrase is going to lose its meaning over time because we're going to be repeating it so much. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, At its core, Groundhog Day is a movie about a man, uh, an embittered man, learning to love himself and love the world and uh, hopefully getting the girl in the process. Uh, It is... uh, it is Bill Murray's movie, obviously, with With a movie, any movie with Bill Murray at the helm is in good hands. The man is a comic genius. He's a legend for a reason. He has uh, so many great comedic moments in this movie that we'll get to. I will say we always compile our favorite scenes and our favorite quotes in these movies. I don't have a lot for scenes uh, just because there's a lot of repetitive stuff in this movie. Uh, and I, I felt like a lot of the stuff that I love in this movie is like specific quotes like it's just like smaller than scenes i guess manny has a very confused look on his face no a hundred percent agree okay perfect i i took that expression on your face to be confusion (laughs) but uh yeah i it's a movie that kind of lacks a lot of big funny comedic set pieces that you'll normally get from from a comedy, but nonetheless, it's obviously a classic. Um, There are aspects of it which have not aged particularly well. We actually talked about one Bill Murray movie on the podcast last year, this, uh, this little ditty called Ghostbusters, this uh, sort of hidden gem that nobody's ever heard of. Hmm. Uh, and uh, we talked a little bit about Bill Murray's character in that movie and how he's a little bit of a creep towards women. And maybe uh, maybe it's something that hasn't aged too well. I definitely get that sort of vibe with uh, with Groundhog Day, with, uh, with Phil Connors. Uh, Phil Connors is a guy who, in one scene in particular... Very much blurs the line of the word "no" and what it means. <laughs> it's uh, he pushes the boundaries a little bit. I will also say uh, the character of Rita, his romantic interest. Um, I don't always find particularly interesting. Don't get me wrong. If I was stuck in the same day with the same woman for years and years and years and years and years, I, I would probably find a way to fall in love with her as well. But she is. Let me put it this way. Have you ever met anyone who says a prayer to world peace every time they drink? Just like she's a she's a Girl Scout. She just in my opinion, she has nothing interesting about her, this character. So I've always struggled a little bit um, with, with that aspect of the movie. But nonetheless, this movie is worth its weight in gold for bill murray's performance alone the man gives a spectacular performance the writing of it is great um and i'm excited to talk about i'm excited to break it down with you manny what do you think about groundhog day
0: i fucking love this movie fucking love this movie it's so much fun the premise is a blast bill murray is spectacular in it he plays both aspects of his character so incredibly well both the asshole and the great guy Annie McDowell is basically just a prop piece. She's just kind of there to make Bill Murray look good. She's there's there's not really much there to her character. I agree. The oh, the rest of the cast is adequate and makes it fun, but it this is a Bill Murray highlight show, and the movie is just a fucking it's a it's a blast for me. I fucking love this
1: movie. Uh real quick, did you hear me just swear at my mic right there? Sure did. Okay, good cuz I lost connection with you for a second. Yeah. No, uh there was everything Am there. Am I choppy on your end at all? Nope. Okay, cuz are... I just you f- completely froze on my screen and uh and I got a little error message from Skype. And as you recall, we had errors with this like 2 weeks ago. Yep. Something like that. Yeah. So Really hoping we're not experiencing that again. So uh yeah. So well, right. let's uh let's I guess get going on Groundhog Day <laughs> so that uh so that my internet doesn't cut out. All right, Sam watch take us into the spoilers. Sure, we are going to be spoiling Groundhog Day. It is what twenty-eight years old? So uh if you haven't if you haven't seen it by now, uh you really, really should. It's a it's a great movie. So uh you've been warned. Three two one go fuck yourself, here we go. Let's go like
0: this, Sam. Let's start with uh Let's start with the day before Groundhog Day. We'll go through it quickly. We find out uh, Phil's a weatherman. He seems like a entertaining weatherman, which is a rare thing on TV. And But we also learn a bit of an egotist and doesn't take his job as seriously as he should. Thinks he's better than what he really is and treats his coworkers like junk.
1: Yeah, calls himself the talent mm-hmm. at one point, which is just—he's even called out by his cameraman. Uh, did he just call himself the talent? Yeah, he clearly thinks very highly of himself. Um, by the way, I do just want to draw attention to um the character Larry, played by Chris Elliott, the mm-hmm. cameraman. Um, people who are familiar with the show Shit's Creek will know this guy as Roland. I, I've seen Groundhog Day several times, and uh, not not for several years now. Um, it's yeah, been probably about, I'm gonna say about five or six years since I've seen Groundhog Day coming into this. Mm-hmm. But so, so I've I've recently started watching a little bit of Shit's Creek, and as soon as Larry came on screen, I was like, holy fuck, it's Roland. Um, he's fine in the show. He's pretty funny, and he's and he's. Decent in in this one as well. He's got some some funny little moments, but yeah, I just I just wanted to point that out. That's uh, he it's he's twenty eight years younger, but it's it's Roland from Shit's Creek, mm. which you've never watched, right? No.
0: Yeah. For me, he's, he's
1: the mayor of Shit's Creek, and he just plays a total fucking hick. Nice. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, for me, Chris Elliott. Uh, uh for well, for me, Chris Elliott's always been from Groundhog Day since I saw this movie when it came out. Mm-hmm. But also for me, Chris Elliott is Lily's
1: dad and How I Met Your Mother. Ah, uh, yeah, which I have not watched. Yeah, man, that show getting some uh, some airtime tonight. Yeah, order that got a little bit of, a little bit of love too. I know. Uh, okay, so day one, first Groundhog Day,
0: such a dick. I love. I really love the scenes where Bill Murray is being an asshole, because he's so good at it. How he just completely condescends the lady running the bed and breakfast with the weather talk. Just completely fucking annihilates her. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love the line, you know, chance of departure 100%. And
1: then, uh, of course, the callback to that the following day when he's like, we'll put it at 75%. Yeah. (laughs) He's beginning to be very unsure. Uh,
0: The one thing I actually forgot I wanted to point out as well Do you remember the guy, he's just, in in the credits, he's labeled as Man in Hallway, but it's the guy that always asks him, off to see the Groundhog? Yes. Do you know who that is? I don't think that I do. How well do you remember the movie Armageddon? Not very. (laughs) Oh, he's Max from Armageddon. Oh, okay. The big guy. Not, not, (laughs) not, god damn, why can't I remember? He's not Michael, Michael Clark Duncan. But he's the uh, other yeah. the other big guy, the Understood. guy, the guy who's in that psychiatric room. He's the one that's singing the uh,
1: the national anthem. Got it. OK, yeah. <laughs> now, I don't know how you how you notice this. Um, there, There's one other appearance that we'll get to later that I uh, that I only remember because I listened to the last episode we talked about Groundhog Day. Um. I guess I uh, I just brought it up, so I might as well talk about it now. I had my mind blown back in episode 44 when you told me this was the film debut of Michael Shannon. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) I I had completely forgotten about it, and I did not notice him in this movie. And then I re-listened to episode 44 where we talked about Groundhog Day. Uh, and and you told me this is the film debut of Michael Shannon. I was like, and I'm listening to this episode of us talking about it. I was like, what? <laughs> no, he's not. He's <laughs> not in this movie. And I went back and watched the scene, and Michael Shannon's one of the newlyweds. Yes. <laughs> Ridiculous. Awesome. See how young he is. Yeah, he's like, even knowing now that it's Michael Shannon, I he looks pretty unrecognizable. He is. I will say this is. No, I'm just going to say it. He's aged pretty poorly. <laughs> <laughs> he is aged pretty significantly. Yeah. I was going to try to take the edge off of that, but he doesn't listen. So,
0: uh, The other one of the big highlights of this first Groundhog Day for me is the introduction of probably my favorite character. Ned, Needle Nose Ned? Ned Ryerson. Needle Nose Ned, Ned the Head, Case Western High, buddy. Steven Tobolowsky as Ned Ryerson is comedy gold. It is one of my favorite minor characters in a
1: movie. He is outstanding in this mm-hmm. movie. And what a perfect what a perfect encounter to have in a day that you are doomed to live <laughs> for maybe the rest of eternity. We've all had that experience of like bumping into that one person in public who you're like, oh, I don't really know or care about you yeah. and you're trying to get me to join a pyramid scheme and or buy insurance. <laughs> <laughs> God, I don't want to talk to you right now. What a horrible moment you have to live for the rest of eternity. But it's uh, it's comedy gold like you said. Yeah. The
0: other thing, I was actually listening to the uh, director's commentary in prep for this episode. And mm-hmm. when Phil gets to the square, they're playing that polka song, Pennsylvania polka. Yep. <laughs> Harold Ramis says, that song got real old
1: real quick. Well, I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely believe it. It um, even gets old watching the movie a little bit.
0: The other thing I love uh, about this movie, and I've always I've always thought about it, is it, it's kind of a credit to Bill Murray's kind of physical acting. is, mm. And he only has to do it a couple times. But he always makes stepping in that puddle look authentic. In that he's not trying to step in the puddle in that it's he's just taking a step and steps in it. But you'd have to think as an actor, you have to walk and purposely step in there. And it never Yeah, like it, you
1: don't you don't want to look like you're anticipating it. Yes.
0: And he yeah. never does, and I always love it, but it does lead into one of my favorite
1: lines is watch that first step, it's a dude. Oh, man. Yeah, Ned Ryerson, what a fucking character. Yeah.
0: So the first day, whatever. And then we get to day two. And this is where he starts to question, is this really happening? And Bill Murray plays it greatly. The confusion, the the case of deja vu. And I love that (laughs) he asks... Whatever her name... I can never remember the... is fuck- Lancaster. Mrs. Lancaster, do you have deja vu? I don't know. I could ask the kitchen if they could make it. So-
1: <laughs> yeah, that is... That's one of the best lines in the movie. That's really funny.
0: Yeah. And then we get... Uh, then he meets Ned Ryerson again. Mm-hmm. And he says a name. And I love... <laughs> Tobolowsky. Bing! Bing! <laughs>
1: So fucking annoying. It's he just so plays anno- the character perfect. Oh, he's I hate him. I hate everything about him, and he's so good.
0: Uh I was just well, I, I didn't really talk about it because I didn't spend too much time on it. But in the episode we recorded earlier tonight, I was talking about a movie called Sneakers, Sam. Uh yeah. Steven Tobolowski is in that movie as well. He has a very oh, yeah? yeah, he has a very minor part, but a very important part in that movie. He doesn't play a character as annoying as Ned Ryerson but he plays a, a, a pretty big dweeb in it as well.
1: In my head, he's sort of typecast as this kind of character. Am I wrong to think that? No, you're not wrong. It's, yeah. uh, um, he has a tiny role that
0: he's outside of this type of role uh, in a movie you've seen. He had a minor role in um, Michael Mann's The Insider. I think he was a lawyer for uh, 60 Minutes. Yeah, oh, okay. I think he only had one or two scenes, but he he plays it very seriously. He's not a dweeb. He's I think he's a lawyer or an executive for the, and he has like one or two scenes where he plays a, someone that actually is in a position of power. He plays it really well, but most of the time, this is this is the kind of stuff that Tobolowski's in.
1: You know what? I've been trying to think of uh, of what Tobolowski what I what I really associate him with because mm-hmm. in a lot of ways he is. Would you consider him a character actor? Yes. Being, oh yeah. Being somebody who's like always sort of in these small supporting roles. I've been trying to figure out what I really associate him with, but then I'm looking through his filmography, and this one title comes up. Of course he is Sammy Jenkins from Memento. <laughs> yeah. Of course he's Sammy Jenkins. Not even, like, the greatest role for him of all time, just a fantastic movie.
0: He's got 275 credits. He's the very definition of a character actor.
1: Yeah, he has been in a lot of stuff. Yeah. A lot of stuff. Anyways, so oh,
0: okay. um, mm-hmm. So day two is kind of where he's starting to he, – He he's not sure if this is actually happening. So day two is fine. Day three is where stuff starts to pick up as he starts to really realize what's going on. It's the end of... – I'm kind of jumping ahead on day three, but this is where he breaks the pencil. Mm-hmm. And then he's fantastic at freaking out. This is where Ned Ryerson comes up to him. He pushes Ned away. The score. This is the only time I actually really noticed the score in the movie. Is it really kind of adds this kind of almost frantic pace to it. Um. Mm. This is where. This is where he doesn't do the broadcast. He's already said he's done it twice, and he. I can't remember what else happens during the day, but this is where he starts to realize what he's trapped in and the things he can do because it's at the bowling alley where he's with the two drunks where he starts to put it together uh, and realizes there are no repercussions.
1: Yeah, I got to say, I've been thinking a lot about how I would react in a situation like this Mm -hmm. and how long it would take me to steal a vehicle. How how long it would it take me to start committing crimes? <laughs> and I'm not saying, no, I am saying I'm a better person than Phil Connors. But day three is pretty quick. Like you don't know how long this thing's gonna last. Like yes, it's abnormal, and you. I don't know. I feel like I would wait longer than day three to steal a car. I would maybe make it a week. Well, he didn't steal the car. Oh, sorry. He goes on a joyride He goes on goes a joy a ride and like and gets in a police chase. Yeah. Yes. I have it written in my notes of stealing the car, but you're right. Yeah.
0: Not no, he didn't steal the car. The The one thing that's always concerned me about this scene with the joyride in the car mm. is he drives on the tracks, plays chicken with the train, right? Dodges the train just in time, but they show that the cops are chasing him on the tracks. Yeah. So that cop just got fucking hammered by that train and is dead.
1: And he's like, haha, no consequences, just laugh it off. Yeah. I'm a psychopath.
0: I do love when the cop comes up to the window that he places an order.
1: I've yeah. always
0: dreamt of doing that, of having the nuts to do that to a cop.
1: I don't think you ever will, <laughs> unless you get stuck in a time loop, which, God forbid.
0: If I, like, what are the consequences if I do, though? Honestly, if a cop comes up to my window and I said, I'll take some fries and a malt and some flapjacks,
1: like, what are the consequences? I didn't break a law. I mean, <laughs> there, there's no law against pissing off the waitstaff in a restaurant, but you don't want to piss off the people who are handling your food. Likewise, you do not want to piss off the people for whom it is legal to cuff you and throw you to the ground. It just seems like a good rule of thumb.
0: I guess as a person of color, I probably shouldn't really antagonize them more, hey?
1: Just especially <laughs> as a person of color. <laughs>
0: Of course, they'll probably look at me like, what's a Mexican doing this far north? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I'm not Mexican, by the way. I just look Mexican. Yeah, that's true. Uh So it's day four when the movie starts to really take off. Uh It's the end of day three. The joy ride is pretty funny. But this is where we start having a lot more fun, and the movie really starts to pick up its pace. Uh this is where he's answering Mrs. Lancaster's questions before she asks them. That actress is fucking gold. The reactions she gives to everything is uh, a joy. Uh, Angela Patton is her name as Mrs. Lancaster. She is so great. Uh, that fucking deer the headlights look she gives all the time, golden. Uh, this is where he punches Ned when Ned comes up to him. And and
1: he just he just begins basically living out everyone's fantasy of just like living without consequences. Punch the annoying guy. He hits on the the hottest woman in town and takes her on a date and gets gets the banger. Well,
0: this is that that's actually the next day, because this is where this is where he has the gluttony scene where Mm. he's eating all the pastries because there's no repercussions. And it's when he's leaving, he walks past Nancy and asks her all the questions. And then it's the next day that he uses them. And Mm -hmm. it's here on day five where I have a little bit of a problem. This is the only, well, I shouldn't say the only, but this is the glaring part for me is he uses the stuff he learned about Nancy the day before to trick and seduce her. He's making out with her. And then all of a sudden he starts saying, Rita's name. When there's nothing prior to this, that has that has even hinted that he likes Rita in any way, yeah. Except for obviously it's Andy McDowell, so she's an attractive woman, but he's kind of hit on her a little bit. But in that, but he hits on
1: everyone, but and he's just a sleaze bag.
0: Yeah. So him saying Rita's name in this at this point in the movie has always irked me. I'm always like, it makes zero sense.
1: Hmm, that didn't even register to me, but I agree with you
0: definitely if, if they had done this like if they had done this scene after he has that like after he has a day or two with her where mm-hmm. he starts to get to know her and starts to fall in love with her i'd have no problem with it but here it's, it's just too soon because they've not set up with the obvious exception that this is your female lead this is your male lead they're going to get together it's a romantic comedy blah but they've set they've done nothing to set up that he would like her in any way shape or form so that that's yeah. this is this is my biggest complaint and that's actually pretty good, considering if this is your biggest complaint in the movie.
1: Yeah, if this is your biggest complaint, you're fucking golden. I've got I've got a bigger complaint, but we'll get there when we get there.
0: Okay. Uh, so after this, this is when uh, Rita and Phil start to talk. The scene of where she lists off everything she likes in a man. He cracks me up as he checks them all off. He's like, me,
1: me, also me. Even though one of them is being incredibly humble? Yeah. Yeah, he's like that's me. <laughs>
0: and I love, I love that she keeps going. He's like, "We're talking about a man, right?" Yeah. <laughs> and then I love that she's like, "Won't be afraid to change poopy diapers." Is he's like, "Does he have to use the word poopy?" <laughs> One of the great things about this movie is, uh, is the jokes between the characters. One of the things I noticed trying to find, like you mentioned about favorite scene, is my favorite quotes. And I was reading them and I was like, if you just read these, they're not that great. It's the performance that the actors give, giving these lines that really elevate the script, because the script in this isn't that great. But what Bill Murray and some of the supporting actors do with this dialogue is which elevates it to such an incredibly great level for me.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think the I mean the the performance and also the context of the scene also, mm-hmm. I, it's very important to take into consideration always with, with any movie. But yeah, I mean, Bill Murray is, like we've said, he's a comedic genius. So anything that you give him on a script is going to come out gold. Yeah.
0: And then this is where we get <laughs> one of my favorite little parts of the movie is the repeat date. Mm. And I always just wondered, like, how exhausting would this have been to film? But at the same time... This is just what actors do. Yeah. Also. We're basically just seeing what actors do. And it's really funny how it they they play it well because mm. this the scene goes as far as to where he makes a mistake and then he comes back to fix the mistake until he makes his next mistake.
1: But he has <laughs> to live out that whole day. Yes. Do, you, do you think he just get genuine question? Do you think he just kills himself after each mistake and just resets or does he live till the end of the day?
0: Do you like when he makes a mistake? He just goes and kills himself. Is that what you're asking? Yeah. No, I I don't think so because he hasn't started his suicide run yet. He,
1: the, oh, true. The yeah. thing
0: the thing with depression, you he, you here you want a question that will fuck up your mind? When he starts to we're jumping ahead, but when he starts to kill himself, like the the second day he dies, he kills mm. himself with a toaster, right? In the morning. He goes down, grabs the breakfast toaster, comes up and kills himself. Does he wake up immediately the next day? Or does the rest of that day still go?
1: Whoa. I mean, to him there's no difference, right? But is there a difference? For- like, well, it, it's for him, it's like waking up. Yeah. But I mean it's always it's always like waking up, right?
0: Yeah, it's always like waking up, but does the rest of that day still occur?
1: It's too late for this conversation, <laughs> man. It's, it's past midnight here, and you are wrinkling my brain. <laughs> this is, I am not—keep all philosophical discussions before <laughs> midnight in future, please. <laughs> uh, simple answer is, I have no fucking idea. It's, yes. This is uh, one of these unanswerable questions, but now now I'm going to need to think about this every <laughs>
0: time I see this. Uh, th- this whole repeat date is one of my favorite parts of the movie. I love that he keeps fixing his mistakes. One of the highlights for me is <laughs> and again, it's all Bill Murray's performance. But when he starts speaking French and he she just asks him, You speak French? We oui. <laughs> it's
1: awesome. One of my favorite line deliveries and maybe the entire movie is during the repeat date when she says, I used to study 19th century French literature, French poetry. And he laughs in her face and says, what a waste of time. Yes. Just an incredible implosion. Just oh, a remarkable own goal that he has performed on himself.
0: Oh, it's fucking it's so good. Uh, but then we get into it's immediately here that the sweetest part of the movie happens for me. He, They build the snowman, uh, and they have the snowball fight with the kids. Um, she kind of falls down, and he falls down near her, and they have a very tender moment. But then right after that, this really beautiful, very short scene um, is them dancing in the gazebo with the snow falling. The song that's playing, the way they shoot it, the... The snow falling, it's beautifully shot, honestly, Sam. That little part melts my heart every mm-hmm. single
1: time it 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 makes it makes me long for love, yeah, and you know what it it's fantastic at this point in the movie because it seems like it's going perfect. We're about like what the halfway point in the mm-hmm. runtime, Yeah. and it feels like, oh, he's about to seal the deal, like this how can? how can this go any other way this is the most romantic date he p- could have possibly planned it's gone perfectly up until this point and uh it doesn't work because at the end of the day he is still a scumbag and he still doesn't really love himself mm-hmm. he has not learned how to be the man that rita wants she doesn't she doesn't really care she doesn't necessarily want or need a guy who Likes 19th century French poetry. She doesn't necessarily need a guy who wants a what is it? Sweet vermouth on the rocks with a twist. Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? That's like, exactly She doesn't what necessarily it is. need all that. She needs a guy who loves himself and who loves the world around him. She yeah. she needs somebody who is selfless and cares about something beyond himself. And he's still not that. And no amount of pretending can make him that. So he, he so he doesn't seal the deal. And I like that. He uh, he abandons all hope trying to trying to seal the deal with her because. I guess he just gets tired of it, but he, it's never going to happen for him while he is who he is.
0: Totally agree. And then that leads into one of the other parts of the movie I like. I like, and that's the slap montage. Mm, yeah, where he's desperately trying to recreate this one really great day he had with, uh, with Rita, uh, but it just fails miserably, and she continually slaps him for the v- exact reason that you just stated she Mm -hmm. he's trying too hard he's not the person that she would fall in love with yet and that's when the darkness begins
1: yeah um we did i mentioned it sort of in the non-spoiler i just want to touch on it here at the end of their perfect date day and i don't think i'm misremembering this uh he does get her to come back to the room with him or or maybe he goes back to hers no it's it's oh pardon me' I just took a big swill of Coke
0: and I'm about to burp pardon me this is <laughs> okay. uh it's at it's right after they what I was just talking about when they dance in the gazebo
1: yes, so after that scene when they're in the room together n- not charming <laughs> in my opinion i i don't I don't think it's supposed to be, but uh his uh his repeated advances in spite of the word no in my opinion, has not aged particularly well in the 28 Uh, years since this movie has come out. His, his repeat, her going, it's basically, we're basically watching baby. It's cold outside is what it feels like. That's exactly what you're watching. She, she's trying to be very polite. She's like, Hey, like it's not going to happen. Like we should really stop doing this. We work together and he keeps like trying to kiss her. And she's like, Hey, no, really like we should really not do this. And he like keeps pressing to the point where like it's being played for comedy in the scene mm-hmm. but i'm just sitting here like really uncomfortable in my chair. You know what i mean? Yep. It's like, it's one of the low points of the movie for me. It's probably the low point of the movie for me.
0: No, well, it works out perfectly cuz he gets that's where the slap montage yes, happens. And rightfully so. Yep. Right. Rightfully so. And then i'm sh- i don't know why. I don't know, I was about to kind of speak on your behalf, but i always think that you are a fan of the jeopardy scene.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I am a fan of the Jeopardy scene. (laughs) I I pointed and laughed, and I immediately turned to Jordan and said, That's what I would do. I would memorize all the answers on Jeopardy 100%. That'd be one of the first things I'd like. I would wait till day seven to go on a joyride. I would maybe have the Jeopardy answers by day five. So here we're going. uh,
0: We have the Jeopardy scene. Very fucking funny. Uh, The montage of him breaking the clocks uh, as it keeps flipping, playing the same song, obviously. Then he kidnaps Phil, kidnaps uh, the Groundhog. Punks of Tony Phil. Punks Tony Phil. Uh, it's the name of my double A team in my baseball game. The Punks of Phils, and nice. uh, <laughs> and the uh, this is also where we get a, a line that I love, and I I say fairly regularly. Don't drive angry. Don't drive angry. <laughs> But you do drive angry, don't you? I do drive very angry. Um the I don't know what you would call him, the head groundhog guy. Um Yeah, um the, the they guy that
1: have actual names, like I maybe find that, but Oh yeah,
0: it's Buster. The guy mm-hmm. that he saves from choking on the steak. But he's the groundhog guy that's at the quarry when he goes over the edge. Do you know yes. what I only learned recently? Mm-hmm. That's Bill Murray's brother.
1: Who? Buster, the, oh, the played by Brian Doyle Murray.
0: Yes, that is. Huh. I I did not know that. That's Bill Murray's actual brother. I didn't know that either. Huh. And I've seen Brian Doyle Murray in so many movies. I don't know what I have seen him in. Well, you've seen him in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yeah, he's uh, Chevy Chase's
1: boss uh I've seen him in JFK he plays uh, Jack Ruby but um I know for a fact you have not watched this at least in depth uh on the classic children's TV show SpongeBob SquarePants he he voices the Flying Dutchman <laughs> okay I don't know who that is <laughs> it's fine uh but
0: let's see here there's lots of things he's been in again like this is another definition of a character actor with his 159 credits uh, but i have to go back to the nineties when he's in stuff. Well, oh, he's got a small I remember actually he's he's a handyman in As Good As It Gets, a movie that we reviewed. Mm-hmm. Uh he's in Multiplicity. Mm-hmm. Lots of stuff. Cowboy Boy. Uh he was on Wayne's World. He was in Wayne's World? Yeah. Uh oh. Noah Vanderhoff. He wasn't Ghostbusters. Oh, I... He wasn't Ghostbusters two. He's in Scrooged. Yeah, he's oh, yeah. been in lots of. He's he 60, has a
1: pretty, yeah, pretty lengthy filmography. Yeah, my goodness,
0: Sixteen Candles. He's in Caddyshack. So yeah, but it wasn't until I think literally today or yesterday that I learned that he is
1: Bill Murray's brother. Hmm. And I also just learned that today.
0: Yeah. Uh <laughs> but it's here, obviously, with when he. Drives over the cliff in the truck, uh Chris Elliott has that great line, oh, he might be okay, and then the car explodes, mm, maybe not <laughs> <laughs> or I think he says maybe not now yeah uh, and then and then we have the death montage the the toaster uh the toaster in the bathtub scene again, Mrs. Lancaster with a excellent reaction shot, oh my goodness, uh numerous deaths. And then this is where Phil starts to take a turn. Mm-hmm. This is where he claims he's a god to Rita, uh, and he proves that he knows everybody in the diner. Which, if I would, I I couldn't imagine experiencing that on Rita's end. Like that would yeah, just be, that would be
1: kind of surreal,
0: right? Mm-hmm. And uh, she plays it up well. Uh, and then this day's really sweet. You know they. She, he's convinced her that this might be true. They have that card, throwing cards into the hat game they're playing, and she can't do it, and he's obviously pro. And it gives a hint at how long, which well, I guess we can get to. How long do you
1: think he was trapped in this? I've heard different predictions on this. Yeah. I did, I did look up a little bit of stuff on how long it was because. The other time loop movie we just talked about which i won't spoil what that was but we did just discuss one yes <laughs> um that seems like it would have been maybe thousands of years that that other one does really think you
0: think he was in there for thousands of years in the other long, one
1: long enough for him to forget who he was before wow and to and i quote have sex with some people thousands of times
0: is that? Did he say thousands?
1: Yeah, when uh, when he, <laughs> I'm gonna try. Okay, to, never mind. Yeah, never, mind never mind. Territory. Never mind. He never mind. Never mind. He does say at one point, uh, "We've had sex thousands of times." Oh
0: well, I Sorry. I I don't know if you can... I've said I've had
1: sex thousands of times. Yeah, but but you don't. Ha- he has the time. Is yeah. The time. Anyway, regardless, this is sort of semantics. But Groundhog Day, um, it is more on the. It's not on that sort of level. It's not. Uh, it's not nearly as long as that. I would. It is... I would. I would probably disagree.
0: If I didn't, I don't think Palm Springs is thousands of years. Hmm. But I would. I would say Palm Springs would probably be. I don't know. For, for Groundhog Day, I everyone's always like they always they always go way too low, and <clears throat> I'm sorry, but he's. He goes through the diner and tells intimate details on all these people, like intimate details, where you have to be able to get these people to open up. So each day you're going to learn something small. So each person is going to take numerous days to get to the point where you've memorized it. Each person, plus the bank heist, plus he learns to play piano at a professional level from nothing. Yeah
1: that takes decades.
0: Yeah. learns to ice sculpt. If I'm not mistaken, he tries to learn to be a doctor. He learns French. Those mm. are just some of the things that he learns. Plus he learns the exact timing on everything, when the trees, when the kid falls out of the tree where the Buster chokes. All these things. Plus all the times he's killed himself, plus all the dates he's been on because he's he goes on that date with that one girl, where he's dressed up like Clint Eastwood, and she's dressed mm-hmm. her Maid. It's, I've always thought that Phil Connors was in Groundhog Day for probably about a hundred years.
1: Yeah, well, I was I was going to say the predictions that I've seen for Groundhog Day, I've seen them range from ten years, which is insanely low, way too to low. to about to about eighty. And yeah. I, I tend to err on the upper side of that. I, I, I say 100 years is a pretty solid guess.
0: Yeah, that's what I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, this day is sweet. I, I love when she ends it. Uh, you know, if you liked it, maybe we could do it again sometime. It's really cute knowing that she would say that, knowing that. And he says that he's like, the worst thing is that tomorrow I'm going to wake up and you're going to think that I'm a jerk. Mm-hmm. And, and he's like, "And I am and it's it's here's where he takes a really great turn towards becoming the man that he should be. and the movie becomes a lot sweeter. And uh, yeah, I, I like I like the direction that this movie takes from here. This is where he starts to see what's happening to him as a gift. He starts making the broadcast better. This is where he goes to learn the piano in a great scene. Where they, they kick the girl out because he offers the teacher $1,000. Mm. And that little pause by that girl when she gets kicked out like the what the fuck yeah. <laughs> is great. There's a little trip when she goes out the door as well. I don't know if that was on purpose, but it just adds to that scene. Um, he learns ice sculpting. This is when he starts messing with Ned. Uh, and then the big important part for me and the very touching part uh, is where he
1: tries to save the old man. Yeah, that's that's surprisingly heavy. Yeah. On, on rewatch, like it almost doesn't belong in this movie. And just and the fact that he's just obsessed with what 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 is causing this man to die, mm-hmm. and he he just can't find out for as long as he tries.
0: There's two things about the him trying to save the old man. One is funny that I don't. I, you probably didn't notice, but I'm gonna point it out to you because I only noticed it recently. The first time the old man dies, he goes to the hospital. And there's two s- kind of – not two scenes. One – there's kind of two scenes in the hospital. There's one where the nurse comes up to him to tell him that the old man has died. And then they cut to Phil walking into the room where he's where, – where the body is, which you never see, right? Mm. Okay. So in that scene where the nurse walks up to him, in the background – is the kid that falls from the tree in a wheelchair and a leg cast.
1: Whoa. Because he fell out of the tree. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's some attention to detail right there. Yeah. We love that. It's the little things, right? Yep.
0: Um, So that part of that scene I love is seeing the kid in the wheelchair. Now that I know that he's there, it's fucking awesome. And you can see him mm-hmm. right away when you know what you're I'll definitely for. watch for him next time. It's fucking... You see him immediately. It's mm-hmm. fucking awesome. And then... The part where he goes into the, where the body is, when she tells him, uh, she, she's like, just, she goes, sometimes people just die. When he looks at her and he goes, not today, every time I watch this movie, it almost makes me cry when he says that. Every single time. I've never cried, but I've wow. almost cried every single time. I love the way he delivers it. I love Bill Murray's acting in that moment. I think it's yeah. really well, really well done. And it's a really great scene.
1: Hmm. Didn't have the same effect on me, but I did notice it. And it's, uh, yeah, this, this part of the movie for some reason is just like actually very, uh, resonant and very, uh, very real. Yeah. It, it's, it's mostly a fantasy movie, but then there's this really real moment of him not being able to prevent somebody from dying and it kind of like taking over him. It's only a, only a small part of the movie. It's tiny. It's a tiny part. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah it's uh, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, it's it. This is the this is the part that really sends Phil into the in, into becoming a better man, mm-hmm. and this is where he really turns it on. Because uh, after this, this is where he has that amazing broadcast, which I'm sure he's done a thousand times. I shouldn't say a thousand times because that would imply he's been there much longer. But he's probably done it a bunch of times. It's great. I love that all the reporters from all the other (laughs) networks are just focusing on him instead. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's great. Uh, And then this is where you can see exactly what you said, where Rita's realizing that maybe maybe she's misunderstood Phil. Of course, it's probably taken him about 75 years to get to this point. Because, you know, to her, just the night before, he was a fucking complete dick to her. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the morning starts and Phil's brought them coffee, brought them donuts, said, hey, why don't we set up over here because we might get a better shot. And then gives this amazing on-air performance. And she asks him, you know, do you want to go grab a coffee? But he has errands to do. And what are these errands he has to go run? He's gotta save the kid, fix the flat, and he's gotta save Buster's life. Those are probably just three of the only ones that they showed. I'm sure there's other ones as well, with his knowledge of the city and everything that goes around.
1: He's like a super- Well, I mean he also like he also uh convinces the newlyweds or he convinces them to go through with their wedding, right? Like there's I imagine he's got his own little like with everybody in the city, like everyone gets their own little pep talk. At least everybody who's dealing with something personal. Mm-hmm. Because if the newlyweds get it, I can't understand why nobody else does. Yeah, I agree, and that's how he becomes so well known
0: within one day. Hmm. And uh, yeah, it's it's awesome. We get uh, then then we get to the party where he's playing the piano. It's not bad. Uh, not bad. Pretend piano playing. It's not as yeah. egregiously bad as we've seen in other ones and it's and it's uh it's no uh it's no Ryan Gosling in La La Land.
1: Yeah, definitely. That is that is peak fake piano playing to the point that it's actually real piano playing. But it's I think it's also the editing. There's uh, we don't usually see his hands a whole lot. Yeah. Um and, and when we do He's doing the what's called the glissando, which is when you take your fingers and just run them along the keys. When you just do the, the descending line. Mm-hmm. So we see him in frame doing the glissando, and then it cuts away while he's doing all the other crazy stuff. <laughs> so it's it's a little editing trick, but you're right. It's, it's just fine, and it's, uh, it's edited well and acted well. Yeah.
0: Uh, this is where you get to see Michael Shannon as well. Mm-hmm. We give them the wedding gift, the WrestleMania
1: in Pittsburgh. I did not notice it was Michael Shannon <laughs> at, until I listened back. And I was like, that is insane that that is Michael Shannon. I, I don't believe it. <laughs> I st- I know that it's him, and I still don't believe it.
0: Uh, the bachelor auction happens here. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's funny. Chris Elliott gets bought by an old lady for $0.25
1: cents for two bits.
0: Never understood that.
1: Two bits. Two bits. So a bit is twelve and a half cents. I guess so. It's an eighth of a dollar. It's weird. Yeah, that seems like I mean, a very odd unit of measurement.
0: I've got Google right in front of me. I could look it up. But I'm nah. good. I'll, yeah, f- I'll it. find. It. Uh, and then we ha- he makes the ice sculpture of her face. Mm. It's very, uh, very well done. And then they have their lovely night together. And then it's February 4th. Third. Third. Groundhog Day is the second? I think so. Hmm. Huh. pretty sure. I thought February 3rd was Groundhog Day.
1: Hold on. I don't want to sound certain of this without being certain, but so I'm true. fairly certain.
0: It's so sad that we're releasing this on Groundhog Day and we don't know when the actual Groundhog Day is. Uh,
1: Groundhog Day. February Day. 2nd. When it...
0: February 2nd. Huh? February it is 2nd. the second. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I was wrong. All right. So it's the third.
1: Man, I don't get to hear that very often on this podcast. It's <laughs> like <laughs> that. I'll take all the W's I can get.
0: Well, it's a good thing it's happening on Groundhog Day, you're gonna hear it all the time now. Ooh, that's true.
1: Every year you'll Wait, get to hear Wait, Are we it. just doomed to record this episode forever? I, I I would that would be hell that would be hell. Wait, would that be heaven? I don't know. We would definitely get to the bottom of this movie <laughs> and what it's about. <laughs> we would definitely dissect the shit out of this movie.
0: But yeah, that's that's kind of a, a quick rundown of the whole film. Uh, basically, really, kind of the only things that I, I really want to talk about that's left is, I just really want to praise Bill Murray's performance. It's actually really, really good.
1: Yeah. And
0: Andy McDowell is fine.
1: It doesn't go. Uh, I don't find Rita very interesting. We've barely said two words about her this podcast, and I think it's for good reason. I don't think she's a very interesting character. It's not. she. Andy McDowell is fine as Rita. She is not egregiously good or bad, Uh, but yeah, Rita's not interesting to me.
0: I agree, and it's just a shocking, poorly written female character in the (sighs) nineties.
1: Despicable. But the thing is, we say that and when harry met sally came out uh before this right like 89 like 89 mm-hmm. yeah yeah when harry met sally has a like it's a rom-com with like both both leads are fantastically written yeah so, but that I was mean, but I that, guess was... that was more the exception than the rule but even so it's not like it couldn't be done
0: sam when harry met sally was written by a woman
1: that would be it that would be the <laughs> trick <laughs> that explains it yes She's like, wait, guys, hear me out. What if women had feelings? What if wi- what if women had emotions and yeah. desires and personalities? Which was a novel invention in 1989. And Groundhog Day had not yet discovered it yet. Yep. Which is fine. Fu- I mean it's not fine, but it's fine. You know what I mean? I do.
0: <laughs> uh so yeah, I think that's kind of basically everything I really needed to say. Kind of zipped through it, but we didn't really want to spend too much time on the movie before we get to some other stuff?
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of the charm in the movie is in its repetitions and in all the minor changes that come with each repetition. So it's not it's not like you need to spend a ton of time dissecting it because there's a lot of ground that's sort of retrodden in it. So I think it's, I think it's fine.
0: All right, so I got some trivia for you. And by some, yeah. I got a lot. I believe it. All right. Uh, Bill Murray was bitten by the groundhog twice during shooting. He had to have anti-rabies injections because the bites were so severe.
1: Probably helped with all of the scenes where he needs to show contempt toward the groundhog.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, the scene where Phil picks up the alarm clock and slams it onto the floor didn't go as planned. Bill Murray slammed down the clock, but it barely broke. So the crew bashed it with a hammer to give it the really smashed look. The clock actually continued playing the song like in the movie.
1: They don't build them like they used to, do
0: they? Nope. Yep. Uh, Hale Ramis directed the kids in the snowball fight to hit Bill Murray as hard as they could. Murray responded by throwing Snowball back as hard as he could.
1: By the way, how creepy is he in that snowball scene when he's trying to, like, recreate it and he's laughing <laughs> about how he wants kids? He's fucking weird. Yeah. And when he falls down near her and then tries to get closer? And she, like, like just backs away a little bit? Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, Bill Murray was undergoing a divorce at the time of filming and was obsessing over over the film. He would ring Harold Ramis constantly, often in the early hours of the morning. Ramis eventually sent writer Danny Rubin to sit with Murray and iron out all his anxieties. One of the reasons why Murray stopped speaking to Ramis for several years.
1: Because he didn't go to him himself? Mm-hmm. Yeah, They had a that's...
0: massive falling out after this movie. Yeah, it's low. Uh, Stephen Tobolowsky was the Honorary Grand Marshal in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania on February 2nd, 2010. During his speech on stage, he performed the Whistling Belly Button Act, to which he refers to in the film.
1: <laughs> I did not think that was a real thing.
0: <laughs> Neither did I. <laughs> Um, Early drafts of the script explained the cause of Phil Connor's weird experience. A disaffected ex-lover named Stephanie cast a spell on him to teach him a lesson, to make sweet love to groundhogs all over the land while reading Charles Dickens, while covered in shame. It was decided to leave it out. It was decided that leaving it out made it more magical.
1: Yeah, a little bit. I've got no problem with us not having an explanation for how he got stuck in the time loop, and... Not a solid one for how he gets out, I think. Um, having, having him get into this situation by just pure happenstance is totally fine. You want to present this as, a, as an initial state for the movie? Okay, you deal with that and move along with it.
0: Yeah, I'm fine with it as well. I, mm-hmm. I never really wanted to know why or how either. No. It was just I, I enjoyed the movie as it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the final shot, Phil carries Rita over the gate and then climbs over it. This is because the gate was actually frozen shut.
1: <laughs> so they were actually out there in the cold. Yes. Oh man, that sucks.
0: There's numerous times uh, while listening to the commentary that uh, Harold Ramis kept saying how cold it was during shooting.
1: My God. Yeah. Don't.
0: Can't imagine that. Um, they shot 25 takes of the closing scene when Bill Murray wakes up next to Andy McDowell, as they were unsure of the tonality of the scene. They were not sure if Phil and Rita should still be in their clothes or not. Ramis had everyone on set, cast and crew, vote as to how it should be played. And the final tally came down on the side of the couple still being in their clothes as they had not yet made love.
1: And I think I think the film is better for it, too.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay, these last two are big and deep, and I think you'll like them. The winning bid for Phil Connors in the bachelor auction is $339.88, an amount that to this day appears arbitrary. But there is an interesting coincidence if the decimal is dropped. 33,988 days works out to a precisely 93 years and 43 days minus a minute. From January 1st, 1900... And not counting leap days, 93 years and 43 days ends on February 12th, 1993, the day Groundhog Day was released in theaters.
1: Whoa! <laughs> that is, yeah, that's. I don't know how. I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> that is that's a pretty enormous coincidence. Yeah. Uh,
0: and the last one, according to website Wolfnards, Wolfnards. Bill Murray spends 8 years, 8 months, and 16 days trapped in Groundhog Day. The Movie Truth Review series calculated Murray spent 4,576 days, which is 12 years, 6 months, and 11 days, stuck in the loop, while the website Obsessed with Film claims he was trapped 12,403 days, just under 34 years, in order to account for becoming a master piano player, ice sculptor, etc., that's what they claim. I think it's
1: higher than that. I think it's I think it's hundreds. Or sorry, in like around a hundred. Yeah, me too.
0: Um casting what ifs. Uh Harold Ramis considered Chevy Chase, Steve Martin, and John Travolta for the role of Phil Connors. But he considered uh, them as far too nice.
1: I if any of those I can see Steve Martin, maybe. I, I think he's maybe the only one I'd really be curious about out of that bunch.
0: I have two more. Mm. I have one that I think, would be, I think would be almost as good as Bill Murray. And the other one, I don't think he would be able to do the assholes part. So I'll start with that mm. guy easy. Hale Ramis originally wanted Tom Hanks
1: for the lead role. Yeah, I did read that, actually. And you know what? I think I'm not going to say no to Tom Hanks in any movie. And this is also... This is also 1993, so he would have just been gaining a reputation as a like a serious dramatic actor with uh, Philadelphia that year. So yeah. I think with rom-com era Hanks in there, I, I I think that's a solid pick. Even though I think Bill Murray is, of course, just fine.
0: I'd have I'd have a hard time with Tom Hanks being the asshole at the beginning of the film. That's he could play the the back end of the movie. Mm. The front end is be where he would have, and I'm not saying Tom Hanks isn't capable of it. But the next one, I think, is somebody that could have been just as good. Mm. Michael Keaton. Yeah. Michael, I haven't heard that one. Yeah. Michael Keaton. Yeah, <laughs> he, he turned down the role of Phil Connors because he found the idea to be too confusing. Maybe for you, Michael. Yep. All right, favorite quote. I got seven. Yeah, go for it. All right. Ned Ryerson needle nose Ned, Ned the Head. Come on, buddy. Case Western High. Ned Ryerson. I did the wrestling belly button trick at high school talent show. Bing. Ned Ryerson got the shingles real bad senior year. Almost didn't graduate. Bing again. Ned Ryerson. I dated your sister Mary Pat a couple times until you not to not until you told me not to anymore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Number what a th- ridiculous string of identifying stories. <laughs> yes. Number two, Phil.
0: Uh, Do you have deja vu, Mrs. Lancaster? I don't think so, but I could check with the kitchen. This one's one of the sweet ones I love. Phil to to Rita. You like boats, but not the ocean. You go to a lake in the summer with your family up in the mountains. There's a long wooden dock and a boathouse with boards missing from the roof and a place you used to crawl underneath to be alone. You're a sucker for French poetry and rhinestones. You're very generous. You're kind to strangers and children. And when you stand in the snow, you look like an angel.
1: Hmm. Yeah, nice one.
0: Number four, don't drive angry. Don't drive angry. (laughs) Number five, the nurse, sometimes people just die. Not today. Number six is from Rita. Rita and Phil. You're missing all the fun. These people are great. Some of them have been partying all night long. They sing songs till they get too cold, and then they go and sit by the fire, and they get warm, and then they come back and sing some more. Yeah, they're hicks, Rita. <laughs> and number seven, watch out for that first step. It's a
1: doozy. Awesome. Those are my great seven. Great uh I have quite a bit as well. I have I have eight eight nice yeah and minimal overlap which is always nice when we have a bunch um i have simply phil phil connors (laughs) 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 i have uh watched that first step it's a doozy I have the one that you told me, uh, the one just now with, uh, you're missing all the fun. These people are great. Some of them have been partying all night long. They sing songs till they get too cold, and then they go and sit by the fire, and they get warm, and they come back and sing some more. And Bill, yeah, they're hicks, Rita. (laughs) I fucking love that line so much. Um, Another fantastic Bill Murray line, number four. This is the one time where television really fails to capture the true excitement of a large squirrel predicting the weather. (laughs) 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 Dripping with sarcasm. Delicious. Number five. Do you ever have Deja Vu, Miss Lancaster? I don't think so, but I can check with the kitchen. Yep. Uh, Number six. Well, what if there is no tomorrow? There wasn't one today. Uh, Number seven. I was in the Virgin Island once. <laughs> was, excuse me. I was in the Virgin Islands once. I met a girl. We ate lobster, drank pita coladas. At sunset, we made love like sea otters. That was a pretty good day. Why couldn't I get that day over and over? <laughs> and uh, number eight, this is pitiful. A thousand people freezing their butts off, waiting to worship a rat. <laughs> <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of great lines, especially in the deliveries. like Yes. Like we said. Awesome.
0: My favorite quote is, Watch out for that first step. It's a
1: doozy. It's a good pick. I, oh, what am I going to pick? For some reason, the sarcasm in the line, this is the one time where television really fails to capture the true excitement of a large squirrel predicting the weather. (laughs) Well done. Oh, genius. Genius for Mr. Murray.
0: Uh, Favorite scene, I've got four. Okay. I've got the slap montage, the gazebo dance, him trying to save the old man,
1: and meeting Ned Ryerson for the first time. Man, good picks. I'm adding one okay, because I can do that. Uh, <laughs> um, I now have four. I have uh, robbing the armored car. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have the suicide montage, the stealing of the groundhog, and the one that I wanted to steal, the saving of the old man, is uh, something that yeah really stood out.
0: I actually don't know who I want to pick. Right now, my heart. um, I think it's maybe just because I'm feeling kind of gushy inside, but I really want to pick the gazebo dance. Hey, why not? The combination of uh, that dance, the shot, the snow falling, and the song makes me really want to pick it. So I'm going to go with
1: that. Yeah. And a good pick. I am actually just going to go with the one that I just added. Saving the old man, uh, for some reason, when we were talking about it, I realized just how just how effective it is and just how upsetting it is and what a standout it is in a movie like this. So I'm going to go with that. I love it.
0: Closing credits. Are there any Oscar-worthy performances in this film?
1: I uh, don't think so. I mean, we often try to recognize performances outside of the big, loud, dramatic ones whenever we can. Um I don't think this is that opportunity from Bill Murray. I, I could certainly get on board with making a case, as I'm sure you will. Um, but for me personally, it's not uh, not the one.
0: Uh, I definitely could make a case. Do you want to know who he would have tried to knock one of these people out of?
1: Uh, ninety three was that uh, Eastwood Unforgiven? No. Oh, that's ninety two. Ah oh, shit! I don't know that. Are you ready? Here
0: are your five best actor nominees for 1993. Oh, wait. Hold on.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Ready? Mm -hmm. Tom Hanks, Philadelphia. Right. He wound up winning. I literally just said that
0: (laughs) early in this episode. I didn't get it. A good friend of ours, Dan Lewis, for In the Name of the Father. Mm. Lawrence Fishburne, What's Love Got to Do With It? Anthony Hopkins, For the Remains of the Day, and Liam Neeson, for Schindler's
1: List. Yeah, I don't think Mr. Murray's getting the nom, unfortunately. Yeah,
0: and I'll be honest, I was going to try and make a case for Stephen Tobolowski but here is who he'd have to try and knock out. Tommy Lee Jones, the Fugitive. Leonardo DiCaprio, what's eating Gilbert Grape. Rafe Fiennes, Schindler's List. John Malkovich, in the line of fire. And Pete Postlewaite, in the name of the father.
1: Ooh, the late, great Pete posse Yeah.
0: Sorry. Uh, while I could, I would love, love to try and squeeze Bill Murray into the best actor, I can't do it in this year. No. And sorry, Stephen Tobolowsky, as much as I would do it, I would love, you know what? Actually, I, in all honesty, I wouldn't have a problem kicking DiCaprio out of there.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen What's Eating Gilbert Grape, but I am a, uh... Let's say aware of the reputation that performance has. <laughs> yes. Let's let's say, um, uh, *Tropic Thunder* would have something to say about it.
0: Yeah, and that's not even the reason. I just don't really care for that performance all that much. Not even because of what he's trying. What? Not even because of what he's doing. I just mm-hmm. never really thought it was that great. Yeah. Okay. Any other aspects of the film award worthy?
1: No. I mean, we talked about how the screenplay itself isn't even. Always exceptional. It's uh it's more so uh how the actors on screen are uh, are molding it to their personalities and to their characters. Um I don't I don't really have anything I feel like pointing out award worthy in this movie. I've
0: got one.
1: One? Yeah.
0: And that's the opening song Weatherman. Okay. Just kidding. Is that just, original? It is. It's actually written
1: by co written by Harold Ramis. Oh shit. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Oh what about uh what about editing? What do we think about editing? Ooh. I think I think if we're gonna pick one, that'd probably be the one. Because a lot of the comedy in this movie does come from like the uh, the constant restarting of the scene. Can I buy mm-hmm. you a drink? That whole thing, the slap montage, the comedy from that all comes from the editing. The the editing itself is the cause for a lot of jokes in this movie, so case can be made there. Yeah, I, I'm I uh I will agree with that. Uh mm. weekly leak of the film. Uh, Rita, in my opinion, not necessarily Andy McDowell. Don't necessarily have a problem with her. It's just uh, she was not given anything to do. The character's weak. One hundred percent agree.
0: Was this anyone's career highlight?
1: Uh, I mean, Bill Murray has had so many, so many iconic comedic roles. It's difficult to say exactly. I, I would say while it's close. It's really not that close. Ghostbusters for Bill Murray. It's yeah. that, that's really it. Um, I personally associate Bill Murray with this movie, but I didn't really. I grew up on this more so than Ghostbusters. Totally. That, that's that would, that would be more of a Homer pick. Um, Andy McDowell didn't do a whole lot outside of like '90s rom-coms, did she? I looked briefly at her filmography. And, well,
0: if you if you want to look at it in a serious turn, she was in a movie called Sex Lies and Videotape that basically launched the independent film scene. Mm, okay. Um, so that would be it. She was in a big hit in the early 80s that I rewatched, um, St. Elmo's Fire. She doesn't have a major role. She's a uh, – I don't want to say a minor supporting character, but she's a supporting character. And then um, uh, she's in uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral, a Best Picture nominee. So. Right.
1: So probably probably not anyone's uh, career highlight. No and the same would be said for uh, Harold Ramis as well it would be ghostbusters
0: yeah but he, Harold Ramis also like directed i think he direct no stripes no or did he just write stripes i know i think he's one of the co-writers on ghostbusters he directed a bunch of i think did he didn't he direct i think he directed
1: Caddyshack. oh yeah okay right? um here filmography what are we known for here yeah, it has known for on the IMDb page. It says known for Ghostbusters as the writer, uh, Groundhog Day, Stripes, Knocked Up. Although he's only listed as a writer for Groundhog Day.
0: Okay, so he directed. <clears throat> so he directed Caddyshack and National Lampoon's Vacation. Right. So, i f- I
1: forgot that he didn't direct Ghostbusters. It was Ivan Reitman.
0: Yeah. So, <clears throat> Groundhog Day, Vacation, Caddyshack. Those would be the probably I think the main ones. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um MVP of the film.
1: Come on. Mr. M- Mr. Murray. It's it's clear and obvious. This is his movie. He carries it on his shoulders. He is the star and he does a fantastic job. Easy. No question.
0: Agreed wholeheartedly with Stephen Tobolowski a close second. <laughs>
1: Agreed. What will be this film's legacy? Um, one of the classic rom-coms, uh the I don't know if it's the birth, but certainly the popularization of the time loop movie. Um, I'd say that'd probably be it. I'm
0: with you. It's a classic romantic comedy. And yeah, it's the highlight or the prominent time loop movie.
1: Yeah, like when when you feel like you're in a repeating scenario, people will say like, I feel like I'm in Groundhog Day. Yeah. This is They won't say I feel like I'm in the edge of tomorrow.
0: Exactly. This is This is the kind of movie that's used as a descriptor. Mm -hmm. Like Speed is die hard on the bus. Edge of Tomorrow is a sci fi groundhog day. Happy Death Day is a horror groundhog day. This is a it's a it's a descriptor. This movie is it's it's just a classic. It's you can I don't know Happy Death Day. Happy Death Day is it's a horror film. It's a horror Groundhog Day. <laughs> it's a horror Groundhog Day. The huh. the main character gets murdered every day, and she tries to figure out who's murdering her. Oh shit! Yeah, it's a comedy. It's, cool. it's a comedy horror. It's a Blumhouse film, and they huh. made it. And any, they made any, any good? And, I haven't seen it. And they made a sequel. It was very oh. popular. Made a lot of money.
1: Huh.
0: The I I saw the trailer, and the trailer had me intrigued. Not enough to watch <laughs> it, but intrigued. I b- i'm pretty sure i'd like it but i'm just not willing to take that risk or waste my time on a horror film uh would you watch this movie again
1: indeed i would much like i was trapped in the movie myself indeed you also would you recommend this movie to friends
0: I sure would i sure would i actually introduced this movie to a couple people that had never seen it oh really yeah, yeah. my fr- oh uh our mutual friend katie Oh yeah. Oh okay. uh, Katie. No, she doesn't no, listen, does she? I was gonna say no, hey, but I don't think she listens. No, she doesn't listen. Uh and then I don't know if you knew or knew, like she died. She's not dead. She is fully alive. She doesn't listen anyway, so she won't mind that I called her dead. Uh uh her and
1: Tanea. Mm, I friend, think I, I know of of Tanea. I'm I, I mutual friends. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. I had this was
0: a, almost like two years ago now. I had them over for dinner, dinner and a movie. I cooked them you dinner. You did tell me that, yeah. yeah. and we watched this movie, and they were like, this oh, movie's great.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Anyways, all right, final thoughts on Groundhog Day. Glad we talked about it. I think we've had the idea to talk about it. This in the last few years and never got around to it, so I'm, I'm glad that we did. It's one that uh, aspects of it hold up super well. Some aspects of it don't. Um, but you can never quite tell, never can quite tell with uh, old rom-coms like this. I'm glad that I've experienced this movie the way that I did. It suffers from a terribly written female lead and at times some uh, some some, uh, some courting moments which do not age particularly well. But, you know, for, that's basically par for the course for <laughs> rom-coms made in the 80s and 90s. So uh, it's not enough for me to lose enjoyment over the movie. Bill Murray's performance uh, still gets a ton of laughs from me. Um, and I have a lot of fun every time I watch Groundhog Day, and I will have a lot of fun when I watch it again next year. Perfect.
0: I'm a big fan of this movie. I love it. I, I saw it when it came out. I've been loving it for, holy, what do we say we're at? Like 27 years, 28 years? 28, I guess. 28 years, roughly, give or take. I, I love this movie. I can watch it over and over and over again, much like the movie itself. I can... I can I, I love this movie. I honestly can't get enough. It's a movie I thoroughly enjoy and I look forward to watching to I look forward to watching it every time when I do. I giggle and laugh still to this day. Sam,
1: what's your rating of this movie? Uh pretty pretty easy 4 for me. It's uh it's certainly not perfect and it's not like one of my go-to all-time classics, but it's one that I really enjoy whenever I watch it and I will certainly be watching it again. Yeah.
0: This is a five. I, I enjoy this movie from start to finish. I look forward to watching it every time. This is a movie I'll easily put on when I want to watch something, have it on the background or even just to pay full attention to. I love this movie. I don't really, is this movie perfect? Not even close, but is it a movie that I thoroughly enjoy from start to finish? Yes, it is. It's a five Mm -hmm. for me. So that wraps up our thoughts on groundhog day. There technically really isn't anything next week since this is a bonus episode. I guess we could plug our next week. We'll still be our top 10 of 2020 films if we wanted to talk about that. Who cares? So no, why not. please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating and a positive review. It does increase our profile. allows more people to find us. Social media, blah, blah, blah. I said at the top of the time, it's late. Let's go. Sam, for the Samuel Manuel Movie Podcast, I'm Manny Manuel.
1: Phil? Phil Connors? I'm Sam Rammer.
0: Adios!